Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Too Legit to Crit. This is a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two people who's who have dumped every single stat. Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. I think it sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say it's um, it's 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 weird that we've survived as long as we have uh... without <laughs> adult supervision. No, we are the adults. Which, that's the fucked up that's part. So fucking scary. Yeah, I don't like it. We're in charge of other human beings as well. I know that's insane. That is yeah. the yeah. That's just madness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you? Uh, I am hot and bothered and tired. Um, in in several words. So, what about yourself? So basically, you're going through the menopause. I am. I am indeed. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going through something similar because we live in the same place. Yes. So we do happen to share weather. Yes, we do. And... It's it's not that sporadic. <laughs> and it is quite hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is rather warm. I do have a few decades training in hot weather, so. So do I, though. But it's undeniably hot. That is that is for yeah. sure. I think I think the big difference is right where we had the training in hot weather. Both of us, the houses are built for hot weather. That is very true. Whereas here, the houses are built for cold weather, which means when it gets hot, they've just become a fucking oven. <laughs> I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's like in SA, but in Spain, like all the houses, there's no carpets. You know, it's mm-hmm. all kind of tiled floors and this. Yeah, the tiled or wood floors. Which yeah. is fucking great in summer. It's so good. You just lie down and you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> but in my part of Spain, <laughs> the winters were pretty fucking harsh. Oh, yeah. See, in my part of South Africa, they weren't. Like, winter there is like 18 degrees Celsius. Oh, no. Winter in, like, where I was in Spain, <laughs> in Mallorca, I actually found yeah. it colder than winter over here in the UK. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, it's yeah, no. nasty. Uh, I, I used to get very annoyed by my cousin over in Safka who'd complain that it's too cold to go outside and work in his car in the winter. And then when I'd ask him what the temperature was, he'd be like, yeah, it's like 19 degrees. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, that's t-shirt weather here. Prick, get outside and work in the car. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. We digress. As... <laughs> t- t- tabletop role-playing games. Yeah, so what have you been doing this week? Have you been Diablo 4 uh, yeah, Diablo 4 and uh, my clan on Old School RuneScape is in an event uh, against another clan, so I've been taking part in that a little bit as well. But mostly Diablo 4 Did you um, get to level 100? I did not. I, I lagged and I died at level 49. Oh, dude. I was very upset. Um, very, very upset. I mean, the top 1,000 spots are still open. I don't even think we've had 30 um, like level, level 100s yet. Um, so, like, I could still theoretically do it. I just, I can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> I just, I just can't. Just <laughs> lost all fucking interest. Yeah, well, the problem I've got, right, is my PC isn't the greatest. So I quite often get, like, uh, FPS stutter and stuff when I'm playing games like that because they're quite demanding on the graphics card. Um, and playing hardcore, if you get that kind of FPS stutter at the wrong time, you, you die. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, well, it wasn't ideal, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, you tried. 
I did. You failed, obviously. But, I did. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure there's something in there for trying. No. <laughs> Embarrassment, frustration, depression, some other shins that I can't think of right now. <laughs> emotions. Yeah, yeah, there were emotions involved. Okay. Aggression. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, all the shins. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, what? yeah, I I ran my two games last week. Um, mm. I did mention about them making a deal with the devil in Abomination Vaults, didn't I? Yes. Did I mention that? Well, yes, you did. Funny thing about that is that when that happened, mm. um, it was an incomplete party because two people couldn't make it, and obviously it was quite an important decision. So I didn't want to force anybody's hand. I didn't want to yeah, of to kind of make a decision for the players that were absent. So it was kind mm. of, right, this is on you three. You know, you three people have to decide this. Um, we're talking about a paladin, a champion, and a, a sorcerer that is linked to the goddess of death. <laughs> And it was, because no, when it first came about, I went, there's no fucking way they're going to go for this. Yeah. But I put on my best diplomatic hat and just started, started going for it. And, you know, part of it was the story. And I like to think that part of it was me being quite charismatic. <laughs> so they ended up taking this deal. They condemned a man's soul to hell, et cetera, et cetera. So, fast forward to this week, when the other two party members have turned up and they've kind of gone, yep. so guess what wait, wait. we did? <laughs> and the response was, you fucking what? <laughs> so, a large chunk of the session was this whole ethical and moral debate on whether <laughs> they did the right thing, which I thought was absolutely fucking fantastic. And I didn't even have to stir anything. It was great. No, they stirred the pot themselves. They did. I didn't have to sit there and kind of just poke and prod. That's, I just let them get the on with kind. it. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Kind. And a lot of character development came out of that. Mm. Yeah. So in the Monday game... Um, Players were currently traveling from point A to point B. Yes. Point B. That is generally how traveling works. It normally does. Normally does. Yeah. Um, I'd prepared four encounters mm -hmm. in between this, these two points. However, when it came around to playing on Monday, I wasn't quite ready mm -hmm. to kind of jump into the next thing. Yeah. So begrudgingly, I had to throw in another encounter just to kind of lengthen it a tiny bit. Yeah. However, I didn't just make it a random encounter. I kind of tied it in to one of the characters' backstories and Lovely. also tied it in to the ongoing quest that the party have. And basically, I had this ancient magma dragon following them. And he appeared. He got 
bitch slapped. Let's be honest. They, <laughs> you know, they they use really good tactics. Rolls were on their side, so he got absolutely bitch slapped. And when I was about fifty hit points out from dying, I went, you know what? I like this dude, so he escaped. So, <laughs> so they now have a recurring bad guy, which I'm going to have lots of fun with. You fun with a recurring bad guy? That doesn't sound right. Oh yes, it's going to be interesting. So, but they they actually really <laughs> enjoyed it as well. And just oh, to hear good. their reactions when it's like this is an ancient magma dragon, it was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so that was me. I don't think I've done anything else. Well, no, because we were we were going to have the. Um, we were. The, yeah, but I was not not doing so great. Um, had had a little bit of a upset belly. Oh, bless and, you. Uh, and yeah, just like it just drained me. So like you know, like when like you're feeling really fine one minute, and then next minute you just like. Just it just saps everything out of you. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It was it was that. Yeah, it was that. Um, I used to call I, I used I to call those so hangovers. Yeah, but I don't drink. Yeah, nor do I. <laughs> but I've got very traumatic memories of when I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, that was upsetting because I was really looking forward to that. Well, no worries. I've got the. Uh, operation prepared and I was speaking to the other player that we were going to bring in and mm. I might be inclined to maybe once every couple of Fridays yeah, do something and do something face to face yeah that'd be cool because that was I think that was what I was looking forward to the most is actually coming around here and doing it yeah because I've never run Delta Green in person yeah it'd be fun you know, and it is it is a game about atmosphere yeah. and creating the atmosphere and creating the tension. And I think having eyes on the players while I'm doing that will... <laughs> Make life a bit easier. Yeah, it will definitely <laughs> see what lands, what doesn't land. And, yeah. and I'll be able to kind of focus in on creating that atmosphere. So, yeah, if you're up for it... Um... Yeah, man, definitely. I'm absolutely up for it. I, I love that system. I think it's so fun. Because um, like, it, it's it's fun in its simplicity, if that makes sense. Because um, it's not one of those, like, oh, here's a five million page rule book. It's like, here's the rules. You can learn them in, like, 20 minutes. Um, you know, for the most part. Um, and that's enough to sit down and just fucking have fun the complex <laughs> the complexity of this system is on the side of the gm yeah um because you've got the need to know which is enough for a player to start playing yeah it's even well, I mean, it's even enough I for like a last time for a fledgling handler to be able to mm. to know the basics and yeah. and run from there but when she once you get the agent's handbook and start looking into that yeah is that when it gets mental I wouldn't say mental, but they do account for everything. Oh, interesting. And there are rules for everything. There are rules for, you know, um, how to spend money and how the economy works. Yeah. Where there is no monetary item, if that makes a sense. 
that yeah, you don't yeah. have a value on you. It's not like in, in other systems where you collect gold. In this, you don't. Yeah, like, I have 27 gold. No, you don't. <laughs> so in the system, if it's something inconsequential, you just do it. You just get it. If it's something yeah. a bit more less, you know, involved, involved then there are roles involved, mm. which, you know, will allow you to do it. And then you can choose to kind of foot the bill to the... <laughs> to the organization which yeah. may end pretty badly if you leave yeah, too much fine. of a footprint and stuff like that it's fine it's fine <laughs> so yeah it is it is a really really cool system and just, just, i just put, it, put it on the company credit card exactly yeah <laughs> i'm um, sure they won't mind yeah, it's fine <laughs> so yeah if you uh, are interested yeah, um, absolutely once every couple of fridays so it won't be this Friday coming will be the Friday after. We'll mm -hmm. set something up. I'll see about maybe getting another couple of people involved. Yeah, well. And yeah, once every um, couple of weeks we can rock out yeah. in Delta Green. Yeah, no, awesome. Sounds good. Fantastic. So, um, did you see, um, this was around midweek, it, it kind of flagged up on my Twitter feed. That the UK Games Expo have been a bit naughty. Oh, what have they done now? I'll, I'll read the title, and I, I'm actually going to read this quite verbatim because I don't want to to paraphrase and misquote yeah. anything because it is yeah. quite potent it potentially could have been very very serious. But oh, no. um, the headline is UK Games Expo issue apology after blocking LGBTQ content. Oh, no. And an RPG designer, WH Arthur, um, shared that his proposed live session runs of Avery Alder's Dream Askew and J Dragon's Sleepaway at this year's UK Games Expo were promptly rejected, specifically citing queerness and themes of sexual orientation as the reason. To add insult to injury, all mentions of queerness were removed from Sleepaway's event description which is a core theme. Uh, yup. That's a bit dumb. It is. It is very dumb. However, that being said, UK Games Expo were quick to respond. And I'm just going to read this out. Um, it has been brought to our attention that two errors were made in run-up to this year's UK Games Expo. Firstly, an RPG scenario was rejected prior to this year's show due to subject theme of sexual orientation. Secondly, new GMs did not receive their volunteer orientation training. Mm. On the first matter, we have reviewed the email chain between the RPG manager and the individual submitting the game and have found that this is true. UK Games Expo does not accept scenarios containing sexual content due to past experience of this type causing distress and upset to players. However, this does not extend to sexual orientation. The volunteer made an error of judgment in conflating the two, and UK Games Expo offers our unreserved apologies to the GM. It is not our policy to censor based on sexual orientation, and we failed the GM by rejecting the scenario and the volunteer by not giving sufficient support and advice. The volunteer. 
Sorry, I was just oh, going to finish oh, so, off. Yeah, yeah, no, no, finish off. The, finish off. The volunteer was oversensitive to an incident that occurred in 2019 and stepped over a line. There is more, but it kind of goes on to the GMs yeah. not receiving volunteer stuff. But that, yeah. you know, the crux of the matter is um, they have apologized. I mean, yeah, and, and I think as well, like I think the apology is valid, right? Because obviously they've got the the rules in place because of a past thing that happened, um, and it looks like there was maybe a bit of a a misunderstanding or a, an, an overlap in in what that person in the, in the email chain read that as and what it was. Um, but the fact that they've you know they've immediately just put their hands up and said, "Get me fucked up." Um, you know, we've gone through it all and they've not tried to like pass the buck at all because they've not even said like, oh, it was entirely the volunteer's fault. They've put, they've said on both sides of that conversation, it was our fault because we didn't train that volunteer properly and we didn't educate them properly and we didn't look at this properly. And I think that that's the best way to handle it because rather than trying to, you know, pass a buck or anything like that, they've just put their hands up, said we fucked up on all accounts here. We're really sorry. Yeah, credit where credit is due. Yeah. Um, they have responded promptly. They have mm. responded timely as well. And like you said, they've not kind of excused it. They've yeah. just kind of gone, it was wrong. We were in the wrong. Yeah. We should have supported our staff. We didn't. Our fault. Very, very, very fucking sorry. And it yeah. won't happen again. And regarding... I vaguely remember the incident that's been referenced mm. and it was fucking horrifying. Yeah. I can't remember the details, but I remember reading about it and it was something along the lines of a GM and I can't remember the system or anything like that. Yeah. Made the game not only overtly sexual, but dabbled in themes that a lot of fucking people would have issues with. Yeah. Um, and then didn't back down when criticised. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, obviously, I mean, you, you can see where they're coming from with having, like, a, a blanket rule of no sexual content. Um, and and like, like they kind of said in that apology, you know, it, it's in no way extends to sexual orientation and this particular volunteer you know conflated the two together and that's our fault for not training them properly uh, or you know their fault i'm not, not our fault we had nothing to do with it just to clarify <laughs> yes that um, is an important clarification <laughs> just gonna clarify that we had nothing to do with it um you know but the the, the blanket of just putting their hands up saying you know not i, I just think they've handled that really well because um, I mean, should it have happened? No. Did it happen? Yes. But they've dealt with it and they've handled it perfectly. Yeah, and the evidence kind of speaks for itself. Um, mm. Now I'm only going from my point of view and my sort of Twitter feed and all this, but it hasn't been kind of hammered. It hasn't been. You know, that it isn't a conversation that's still going on. Yeah. And I think that is quite a valuable lesson to learn for a yeah. lot of other companies. That Absolutely, yeah. You know, errors of judgment happen and yeah. at some point your company is going to be scrutinized. Yes. It's how you respond to that scrutiny exactly that, that will determine the endurance of the scrutiny itself. Yeah. 
And I think... Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that they've come out and they've said this, and it's kind of, from what I can tell, I'm, it may be going on in, in regions that I'm not privy to, but at least from what I can see, there's been no more discussion about it. Yeah. And I, I think that is generally a good sign, because you know, if something does turn into a, a, a big scandal, like the one that we had recently, which we don't need to mention, because it's, you know, it's been in in the the news space of, of the hobby for quite some time now um that was such a big event that it rippled through every single community right there's not a single community whether they're involved in in D &D or a different game or anything like that that didn't hear about that right so if it's not continuing to ripple out then chances are the community as a whole have looked at it and gone all right yeah fair enough to a certain degree. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the whole, if someone holds a knife to your throat and puts it away, how, it, how quickly do you forget that? And essentially, that's kind of what happened. And the, I think the most damaging thing for Wizards was their response. Exactly. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, right, even these big companies, they're still humans, right? People are going to make mistakes. And like, I think the way you, you said it a minute ago perfectly sums it up, is it's how you respond to that mistake. And they didn't respond well when they made their fuck up. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that their initial response was not good. <laughs> it was fucking, it was insulting. Exactly. Right, which is why that dragged on for well, it's still ongoing, really. Um, you know, to a to a degree, um, some people have, have moved past it and just you know, cracked on. Others have not, and some people probably never will because of the way that they handled it. Um, whereas, you know, like this one, because there's no long, it's 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 kind of uh, not not faded away because that's I'm not going to say that right because it, it hasn't. It's still being reported on. But the the community as a whole isn't like calling for blood because of this mistake. Mm. It's because of the way they handle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, credit where credit is due. Yeah. I in a perfect world, this this error wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But in the world, in perfect world, exactly in the world that we live in, it did. And yeah. I've got to kind of take my hat off to them. They responded the best mm -hmm. way possible in a bad yeah. situation. Exactly that, yeah. You know, and and the fact that they they didn't even just like try and brush it off, like they investigated first by going through the entire email chain, going through it all, right? Yeah. Um, and they obviously spoke to the individual involved because you know they they've understood where they were coming from with it as well. So they've gone through the email chain, they've spoken to the parties involved, and they've seen where the mistake has happened, and they've immediately kind of gone right. Yeah, we fucked up. Um, that that's on us um so yeah top top tier response yeah yeah very well done to a bottom tier situation <laughs> uh, speaking of D, &D yeah. seeing as you mentioned wizards in all their glory um did you catch a glimpse of what uh mr crawford himself has said about the new rule books 
I did, but admittedly, I didn't quite have time to delve too deeply into it. Is it, is it because you saw D and D five here? Went nope. <laughs> no, I do like to. I do like. To, I do like to have a look, just in case um, they fuck up anytime. And... <laughs> so basically, what they've said is their plan is for the uh, books that are coming out next year, twenty twenty four. They want those to be the the books for the next ten years. Um, so it looks like the core rules of D&D will not be changing for the next 10 and a bit years once that comes out hmm. uh, they still haven't named it <laughs> so they're not calling it 6th um, edition or 5.5 or anything like that um, they're still kind of saying it's just like a rework of 5e Um so they haven't they haven't given an official name, and I think they're planning to just keep it as just a rework of Five E is the plan for now. To be honest, I'd scrap the Five E. I'd just call it Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I think that's what the the one D and D was meant to do, right? Yeah. Um, but then they kind of caught on, and everyone was calling it one D and D instead of just D and D. No, I mean well, if their plan. Even that being said. Um, like the the five e, the only people who really call it five e are people that have been playing multiple versions of D anD. d Like when I'm when I'm getting ready to play a game, I don't say, "Oh, I'm playing D anD D five e this week." I just say, "I'm playing D anD D." Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they they need to lead into. Um, yeah. Because if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole concept behind one D anD D was to kind of do away with additions and yes that's exactly and just have one game that would be updated as and when things kind of emerged i think that that is kind of what they're trying to do at the moment because even when they're talking about it they're not using terms like fifth edition or anything like that they're just calling it the new DD rule books the new you know this DD, that DD. they're not saying like the new fifth edition rule book this edition they're just calling it D and D, they're not giving it a name other than D and D right now, which is fair enough. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know how sustainable it is in long term, and I'm not talking about the decade. I think you know, Pathfinder's been around for a decade before they released a new edition. Five yeah. um, E must be getting up there. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know when. 5e first came out i think it was like 20 it was like 2014 i think it was so it's been about a decade that that's been out when the books come out in 2024 yeah so i again i don't know i mean if the if the whole concept is to do away with additions and just have D and yeah. and progress it i think at some point the additions do need to change maybe it's not in yeah. 10 years time maybe it's in 20 years time but I think with the evolving market and the evolving interest that people show towards the hobby, yeah, I think at some point a you know let's just clear the slate and start again becomes yeah. necessary. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of what they're doing with these rule books? Because they are tweaking a lot of the, the the core rules and the core classes, and they're changing what the way it all works. So they essentially are reworking the entire system without changing additions in air 
quotes, right? Hmm. Um, so, I mean, that is kind of what they're doing with this. And I think that's, that is their plan going forward, is that they're never going to say, like, oh, this is, this is the new edition. They're just going to say these are the updated rules. Yeah. I mean, I, hopefully that, that kind of works out. and Only time will tell. Yeah, exactly. Only time will tell. Um, we'll have to see when these new rule books are released and how they land, really. Which uh, we're looking like mid-2024 is what they're saying for the new books. Fair enough. So you've still got almost a year's a worth year. of 5e. play tests and, yeah. and, and, and 5e. whatnot. And 5e, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, although there's a part of me that thinks that maybe people are just reading into the statement wrong. Right. Because basically that like people are saying that the, that he said that he wants these books to last for the next 10 years, right? But his actual statement is, our goal is to prepare the game for its next decade. Now, is he just saying that because it's been 10 years since the last update in rules, so that's the last decade, this is the next decade, or is he saying that these books are going to be the next 10 years? That's a tough one. Yeah, because, I mean, it could just be that he's just saying the next decade because we've had a decade of 5e, right? Yeah, I get what you mean. Because um, you're going to get a lot of people that are going, oh, so what's going to happen after the 10 years are up? Exactly. Like, let's just wait. Whereas whereas what he might be saying there is that these aren't the books for the next 10 years, but our goal is to prepare for the next 10 years with these books, right? So this is going to be the foundation that we build the next 10 years from. I think that's, that's probably really, the most think, likely. Yeah, to me, that's what he's saying. And I think maybe he's being kind of misquoted a little bit there with the, these are the books that are going to last 10 years. I, I don't think that's what he's saying. To well, we all know that things on the internet never get misquoted. Of course not, never. Never. I mean, even, even Mr. Crawford himself never gets misquoted on rulings when he tweets about them. That's never happened in a forum post, ever. <laughs> I can even keep a straight face. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to... I think it's just a case of seeing what happens next. We are currently in a period of change. Yes. For the the entire hobby. Mm. And a lot of these things are... Let's just see what happens. Whether it's Pathfinder and their remaster, whether it's D&D and their new core rule books. You know, it's... We just gotta wait and see, and I'm for one, quite I'm quite happy to be along for the ride. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. news from the other side of the coin. News from the underground. <laughs> <laughs> the Rebel Alliance. Um, yeah. Paizo workers have successfully voted to ratify their first contract. The contract grants wage increases, benefits, employee protections, and management collaboration framework. Ooh, let's go. That's huge. That is huge, not only for Paizo, but it's huge for the industry. Yeah. You know, because Paizo did have a dark moment a couple of years ago. <laughs> and this is the end result of that, because obviously... Um, unions don't happen overnight and essentially this is the end result that there are now contracts in places um which i think is going to 
benefit Paizo massively because yeah. that's going to just attract more talent. Absolutely. Uh, and it also kind of gives them that kind of... It, it, gives the, it gives the talent that's there the, the security to know that they can focus just on pumping out quality stuff, right? Yeah. Because they're not going to at some point like be halfway through making something really cool and then just like the rug gets pulled from under them going, <laughs> nope. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's It gives people security in an industry from what I can tell isn't, isn't. naturally secure. <laughs> <Just isn't>. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully this has a bit of a, a butterfly effect where it does mm. affect other companies and people follow suit and these writers and designers yeah. and artists are all treated as they should Value. be treated and valued. Exactly. Yeah. So congratulations to everyone involved in that. Yeah, that's actually awesome. And yeah, like, like you say, I say, I hope that that does kind of pave the way for for you know the the, the fantastic creators that are out there to uh, to get a better deal out of everything um, mm. around wholesale. Yeah, definitely. So, oh, yeah, I, I've got another one to add to the list. <laughs> oh God. What is it? Oh, this just sounds amazing. Um, okay, so Triangle Agency. All right. Okay. It is a satirical horror RPG of paranormal investigation inspired by Control and the X-Files. So from uh, what I can tell... Okay. <laughs> from what I can tell, it is essentially you are part of an... Um, of an agency, an agency, a, a corporation, and you mm. have to fight like you know horror elements, but yeah. you also have to take care of the bureaucracy <laughs> side of things. <laughs> so it's like you get the whole action movie bit, but then afterwards you got to do all the fucking paperwork, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> love that i mean just reading the blurb it says everything about this game advertises a witty satire against late stage capitalism and the role <laughs> of corporate bureaucracy in our lives but it's run through with a biting edge that seems adept at balancing humor with moments of real horror often often perpetrated by the very systems and people who prepare to protect their workers <laughs> that sounds right. phenomenal yeah. that sounds really fun um, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's put it on the list. All right. So the Kickstarter um, runs through July the 6th. And on payday, I am kickstarting this motherfucker. Fantastic. Well, uh, speaking of new things. Okay. Elden Ring, the video game of the Dark Souls franchise. Um, I've heard of it. I've not indulged. Uh, I am not either. I'm not a, I, I've never played any of the Dark Souls franchise. However, this being a tabletop role-playing game podcast makes no sense to talk about video game unless it's before because I've played that a lot. Yeah. However, the Elden Ring tabletop role-playing game has got a release date. Interesting. Of later this month. However, <laughs> there is one small problem. Okay. It's only being released in Japan and in Japanese. There will not be an English version. Really? No, they're only releasing it in Japanese. So start brushing up. <laughs> They've got examples of character sheets that I can't make head nor tails of it. 
So they're not aiming for a worldwide release at all? No. Only, only in Japan, and you can only pre-order it on Amazon in Japan. That's madness. It's going to be releasing on the 20th, so in like just over a week's time, and you can only, you can only pre-order through Amazon Japan. Um, they've not ruled it out, but they've just not confirmed an English release. We need to get our hands on a copy of that. Well, you can order it and they'll ship it outside of Japan. Because that's going to be a collector's item. Yeah, you can order it and they'll ship it out out to anywhere. Um, But yeah, they just don't have have an English copy. Um, So I might have a little cheeky look um, at the pre-order, see how much it is. Um, Actually, I'll do that now while I've got it loaded up. The shipping is going to fuck you. uh, Well, maybe not. Um, so if I was to pre-order it, it's 6,000, it's actually not that bad for shipping. It's only 2,785 yen. What is that in pounds? In, in, in our money. Uh, let me add up the, let me add the two together. Cause my brain's not working. So it's 8,835 yen. 8,835 yen into GBP. It is a whopping 50 quid with shipping. You are fucking kidding bad. me. That's not bad. Pre-order it, pre-order it. Um, I'm very tempted to pre-order that. I think it'll be... It'll, it's a good shelf filler, and yeah. I think it might become a collector's item. Or you can get the Kindle version, which obviously is free to your Kindle, uh, for six thousand for like the same price. It's fifty yen difference. You so just don't have to pay for shipping, obviously. Well, you may as well get the hard copy, especially exactly. if you're looking. Yeah. If you're if you're wanting it as a collector's item, it has to be hard. It's, it's six hundred and twenty-four pages. Holy shit! Yep. I'm guessing there's an adventure path in there as well. For for that many pages, I would hope so. I would imagine so. Because I know these games are quite notorious for their difficulty. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I can tell you exactly what the split on the pages is. Oh, cool. Uh, it's 192 pages for the core rule book. 96 pages of skill skills and like sheets and stuff. And then 336 pages, so the rest of the book, uh, or the, the bulk of the book, is for enemy and scenarios. So that's going to be like your your monster manual and uh, a couple of scenarios and stuff. That's pretty and, good. And that gives you your uh, bestiary and your campaign guide is that 336 page portion. But that's actually really cool though. And I think that's actually a really cool way to like publish something like this is just one massive book and that's your core rule book and your bestiary rather than buying like, oh, here's five different books to play this one. Yeah. Game. I quite like that. And it's decently priced, so fifty quid. That I have fifty quid. You can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think I might have to buy a copy of that. Yeah, mm, tempted, very and then, tempted. And then I'll learn Japanese and run it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. You, that is what you have to do now. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So that that that's my little tidbit of fun information for you. Well, the, I saw, actually saw something, um, which caught my interest. 
initially because of the concept of the game. Mm. But then it kind of, I went down this rabbit hole and it just, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to start. I'm going to just start. Um, so I, I saw something, um, a game called Ether Nexus, right? Right. Which is a high fantasy mecha tabletop role-playing game is now on Kickstarter. Okay. So essentially it is sword and sorcery, but you are piloting mechs. Okay. Which I went, okay, I I like that concept. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I started reading into it. It does look okay. Um, but then I... I got to the part where it says it is powered by the Mecha Hack rule set. So I went, okay, so I'm going to check what that is. Yeah. So I went and I checked out Mecha Hack and I seem to have lost it, but bear with me a second. So then I started looking and. It is Mecha Hack is in turn based on another game called Black Hack. So obviously, I went further down the rabbit hole. Oh, God. And I'm having to re Google this because I did make notes, but I don't know what the fuck I did with them. Oh, my gosh. You're going to end up like 17 systems. So, Black point. Hack, second edition. <laughs> All right, second edition, obviously. Second edition as well, yeah. Is a oh. super streamlined role playing game that uses the original 1970s fantasy role playing game as a base. Uh-huh. So, my question is how many hacks does it take to just say, this is our own fucking system? <laughs> Um, I guess I guess it's it's copyright covering, isn't it? Because as long as they say, "Oh yeah, we 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 based it on this," you can't like no matter how deep that rabbit hole goes. At no point can you be like, "Well, you know, this is copyright because of this." You go, like, "Ah, no, because you see, we did this, which is this, which is this, which is how we got that." <laughs> yeah, but it's madness. I well, yeah, had to spend far too fucking long <laughs> investigating that. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, but then it, it just kind of harkens back to, I mean, for my early days of Pathfinder, where I'd kind of go, you know what would be cool? I'd like to run a system where, you know, and I'd come up with fucking Voltron or something like that. Mm. And I want to use the Pathfinder rules. And yep. a, a friend of ours who is a more seasoned role player in general just kind of went, dude, there are fucking systems for that. Yeah. And it also harkens back to the amount of people that bend and stretch 5e to ridiculous extents to get to another product. Like, okay, so I want to make Cthulian horror out of 5e. There's a fucking system for that. There's a system for that, yeah. It's It's actually called um, Call of Cthulhu. It's like when uh, when I was... Remember when I spoke to you the other week about, um, like, I wanted to find a, a Western type system right hmm. um and then literally everything i was finding was like oh here's how to make this game a western game or 
here's how to turn your 5e game western, or this is how to turn your Pathfinder game western. And after like going through like 17 different fucking, this is how you turn this system western, I found like a system was like, this is just a western system. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I knew it existed. Like there's no way that I was the first person to go, it'd be really cool if there was a western system. Like just to play like the Wild West. There's like there's no way I'm the first person to think of it, so there's gotta be a system out there for it. It took me way too long to find because everything was just polluted with people trying to convert their comfort system to fit this this world. It's like just just play the system that is built for it. I was I was part of a Facebook group um not long ago. Yeah. And it was called something along the lines of I'm begging you to play another system. And <laughs> it was dedicated to these people who just stretch and abuse 5e and fit it into every fucking hole that they can imagine. <laughs> and the reason I left it is because it became very anti 5e, became very, yeah. and I just can't be arsed dealing with that sort of immaturity. But there was one thing that I that cropped up that I found fucking hilarious. And I wish I could find it today. And, I, and I've looked and I can't. It was this dude on Twitter. And I can't remember the system he chose. Mm. But let's just say it was Call of Cthulhu for argument's sake. Yep. So he put up a tweet and it was something along the lines of, I want to do a Call of Cthulhu game. Mm-hmm. But instead of it being Cthulhu, horror, Cthulian horror, I'd like it to be about, you know, you know, sorcerers and wizards and dragons. <laughs> and you had this fucking army of 5e fans just barreling down you need that's 5e you want to play 5e and he the dude just carried on he's going yeah 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 but what i want is to be able to you know investigate investigate <laughs> oh, I think, dragons I think I saw and that. dungeons yeah, i think i saw that as well and it was fucking he just like kept deliberately describing 5e just to trigger them all it was so fucking funny <laughs> And I just Ooh. wish I could find that tweet and relive the moment because it was <laughs> it was amazing. Props oh. to whoever that genius yeah. was. Top tip. Speaking of a moment, though, that yeah. you might want to relive, for anybody that is also into Magic the Gathering, and I know this is a little bit off topic for what we normally talk about, but this is awesome, and I think it's really, really cool. In Magic the Gathering... Wizards has done a one-of-one print of the One Ring. Right. Which is going to go into one booster pack and be somewhere in the world. Okay. So it's literally just a unique card. It is a unique card. It is a one-of-one print. There is no other copy of this card in existence on the planet. So my question is, if you find this card... Mm -hmm. Do you get invited to the Wizards of the Coast factory to watch Kyle Brink abuse Umpa Lumpers? <laughs> what, like the, 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 the golden ticket? <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, no. However, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, company that has uh, put out a bounty on the card. So a collectibles dealer called David Adams has put out a bounty for the card. So if you happen 
to be the lucky individual that pulls this card, um, they will give you the, 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 the lowly amount, the inconsequential amount of $1 million. Okay. For a Magic the Gathering card. All right. It isn't oh, enough for me to start buying Magic the Gathering because I know my fucking luck. Oh, yeah, of course not. I mean, it's going to be like, what, one card in like, one of a billion booster packs, right? Yeah. The chances of you getting it are irrelevant. However, that'd be so cool. I hope whoever gets it... Doesn't sell it. ...gets in touch with this company and kind of goes, okay, five million. <laughs> just, just starts with like a, I want five million in your entire company. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna be the head of your company and run it into the ground. No, 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 because that's the best bit. Because you sell the company, the card to the company, and then you own the company, so you've got the card. <laughs> Genius. You, I, I tell you what, I hope you get it. <laughs> I'm not buying any cards. That, that's a habit that I kicked many, many years ago, and I do not intend to start now, even if there is a potential of a million dollar payout. I'm not, yeah, I'm. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't enough enticement for me. Just the odds alone. It's like nah. And plus, yeah. I can't be getting into another hobby that's going to cost me another fucking oh, God, fortune. No. Yeah, no. and that one does. It's so expensive. Yeah, I mean, the hobby that I'm a part of is the cost is depending on the system you use is optional. You can play Pathfinder for entirely for free and legally. So anything you buy is is through your own choice. Whereas Magic the Gathering, you have to invest. Yeah, and it, it's one of those games as well that with the, the rotation of uh, what is like standard, in air quotes, because that's their system, is I think it's like the last four... like. Um, releases are standard and anything older than that you're not like allowed to use in competition play so if you want to play competitively and be like and be involved in those kind of nights you have to have the latest releases which means that every couple of months a release will be cycled out and you might have to replace your entire deck or a core of your deck or rebuild a new deck because your old deck doesn't work anymore because the core of it cycled out in the last rotation so yeah, it, 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 it's expensive to keep up with because you can't just build yourself a deck that's fun and keep playing that deck. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't really enjoy deck building as a whole. Mm. I find it tedious. Yeah. And it's just not really for me, to be honest. No, I'll, I'll leave Magic the Gathering to, to those people that are invested in it. Yes. But a nice, like, another bit of interesting news that I found, right? Mm -hmm. The one-page RPG collection is the most tabletop games per square centimeter squeezes 10 games onto a single sheet of A4. Huh? Yup. A new collection of tabletop RPGs hopes to set a world record for the most playable games squeezed onto a single sheet of paper. 
The fittingly titled The Most Tabletop Games Per Square Centimeter features 10 games created by designer Andrew J. Young, ranging from Lord of the Rings-inspired sci-fi pastiche called Who Gave the Halflings a Ray Gun? <laughs> to other whimsical titles such as Fur and Loafing in Las Vegas. I love that. That's pretty good. There are a hundred zombies and how to escape from hell with only your smartphone. <laughs> so apparently all 10 of the games which play with between three and six people in around half an hour fit onto a single page measuring 8.5 by 11 inches around the same size as a standard sheet of A4. Even more impressively, a number of the games also somehow find space for artwork alongside their space-efficient rules. Oh, my God. They've actually posted an image of who gave the halflings a ray gun. Yeah. Okay, so the gathering must journey to Pyre Peak to destroy the evil Emerald Eye. But someone gave the halflings a ray gun before they left Riverwood. You are all halflings, and one of you has the ray gun at all times. The ray gun can only be used once per scene, but it guarantees success. Without the ray gun, halflings play high or low against a face-down deck. If you win, <laughs> your action succeeds. If not, it fails. Each scene requires four successes to pass, but every three failures, the gathering of nine loses one non-halfling member. Oh! Travel with the gathering on the quest. Play out these scenes. And it's got demon in the dark dungeons, meet it, and all the names of the scenes. I think that's quite funny, to be honest. Yeah. It's also, I, I quite like the mechanic of just doing a higher and lower the deck of cards. Yeah. That'd be quite interesting to like see if there's like a, a full system based around that. Because I feel like that's the system I could actually do well in. Because <laughs> there's no dice. <laughs> yeah, but I don't trust you with cards. No, 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 no. Cards work, right? Because there's a, um, there's a, like a tabletop uh, war game like um called uh Malifaux. i don't know if you've ever seen that no um but it, it's a card based uh system so instead of rolling dice you uh play cards and stuff like that um and i was really good at that because it was cards um the only thing i didn't like about it is the cards were really slidey cards so i couldn't do any of the card stuff that i do the <laughs> cards just went everywhere but it was really fun it was a really cool system and i really liked it because it was card based uh, and the models were really cool as well um but yeah, no, card, cards I'm fine with. It's just dice, man. Dice hate me. All right. Well, maybe if dice hate you, this next thing that is just a picture that someone posted on Twitter, and I don't know how legit it is, but if it is, it's fucking horrifying. Um, okay, so someone posted a picture of something that's going to come be coming soon on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and it's called Character Level Surfaces. Services. So how it works, roll up your first... Um, actually, no. no, I'm going to do this like... Uh, yeah, I'm going to advertise the shit out of this. All right. All right. How it works, roll up your first level character, create their unique backstory, and submit your character to us. Our team of experienced and dedicated players will play your character at our proprietary... D&D table with a professional dungeon master. We return your character to you at the selected level with detailed notes, captivating stories, a collection of magical items, and earned downtime. 
just imagine the reaction of your friends when you unveil your fully developed character. <laughs> oh, it's fucking stupid and oh, I love it. Brilliant. So, yeah, I genuinely don't know how much of this is a joke or how much of it is predatory economy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe is the answer to that question. Uh, can you imagine the goal to kind of go, you know, you give me money and I'll level up your character? I mean, you say that. That's literally a thing that happens in every online MMORPG, right? Power leveling as a service in every single online MMORPG. That's... Wow. That's just... like. Because there, there are, so, so for example, right, let's say like um, someone like me who gets a lot of downtime to play video games half the week, half the time, and then no downtime the rest of the time, right? But then I might have a friend who has no responsibilities, hasn't got kids, hasn't got, you know, works a you know, part-time job or whatever. So they play shit tons. So I'm earning good money, but I don't have time to play. So I pay somebody else to play for me so I can keep up with my friend. Now, I don't do that, but there are people that do. There's an entire um, service like around that in, in online MMO, MMORPGs um, where you can pay people to, to level for you. Or even like just boring skills that you don't want to do. You can pay them to level for you. Yeah, that's... And yeah, I suppose, got... I suppose it's supply and demand, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it's the same as what we were saying about the, um, you know, the professional GMing. Yeah. Right. It goes back to that conversation of if people are willing to pay for it, why not make money doing it? Yeah, we should start something like that. Yeah, I'm not creative enough. <laughs> no, but we could like, you know, do you want your character to die an epic death? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Roll up that. your level 17 character and send them to us. <laughs> <laughs> and watch we will, me murder it. <laughs> we will play at our proprietary table and we will kill the ever-living fuck out of it. Yes. I think we should do that. That should be a service that we offer. Yeah, we, 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 we could do that. Yeah, so, I think... Yeah, there you go, folks. If you've got any characters that you want to uh, have killed in horrific ways, uh, send them to us. Send us the character sheet um, and preferably the system that it, it's built in. Because obviously it could be a system that we haven't discussed yet. And uh, we will, if it's a system we don't know, we'll learn the system. Yeah. Just, just to kill the character spectacularly. And for a premium, we will live stream the event. Yeah. Where yeah. you will watch us do the most unbelievably stupid shit with your character that like... will result in their death. Like teleporting it into a different realm. With different rule sets, so none of its abilities work. Oh yeah, like we'll fi <laughs> we'll figure something out. So yeah, here's my uh, Pathfinder two E character that I've built. Could you kill it? Oh, it's now a it's now in the five E universe somehow. Wait, no, uh, Rollmaster. <laughs> there you go, Rollmaster. Roll to parry. What the fuck is parry? You are dead. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think we should definitely do that. Yep, okay, there you go, folks. folks. Yeah, if you this is a service that we will provide. For We're now going to offer it. What what we what we charging? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. 
yeah, fuck it. Give us a fiver. Each. <laughs> and we, we, yeah, <laughs> obviously each, you know. I'm just checking. And then we will kill your character. Yep. And it will be epic. It will be a story to be told for generations to come. Because I'll roll in that one. But we'll make it funny. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm very good at making that one's funny. I've got a lot of experience and practice in doing this. Yeah, exactly. So I can be the GM. I will roll many net ones and we will kill characters. It'll be beautiful. All right, so write in if you want us to perform that service for you. (laughs) Just do questions at twolegittocrit.uk. Speaking of questions... Speaking of question, do nice. Do we have seg- one today? That is that is a very good segue. I'm right. It's almost that like was, a That That was a segue. And I think we should actually go to the couch. Okay. Let's go take a seat. Let's go take a seat. What have we got today? Well, today from Couchy Roth. <laughs> oh, who... actually, I, I, I just, before we get into the question, I just want to yes. let people know, right? I never know the question until John reads it to me. He will not give me access to the questions. Nope. So I, I find out the questions when you guys do, basically. Um, just I just wanted to clear that up. If people think that I've had time to like prepare any of the answers that I've given in the past to questions. <laughs> no, that is, yeah, that is 100% true. I do not tell just in the questions. At Couch's request... Couch does not want Justin to know. It's so so we kind of have to honour that, I considering know. he's the person who keeps us in business. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's he asked us today? Okay, so Couch Roth, who is calling us from the dark recesses of the human psyche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a regular there. I mean, me too, me too. Yeah. So when setting up a game, you mentioned having the right people for certain systems. Is that something you would always take into account when running a game or playing? Example being invited to play a game and not knowing other players or knowing a person that you've heard stories about, in quote in brackets, not good ones. Would this decide whether you would play or run a game or not? I personally don't think it would for me. Um, I've always been... Uh, one to not listen to what other people have told me about someone. Um, and I like to make my own mind up for that sort of thing, right? Uh, now, if later on it turns out that those stories were true, then I'll probably not play with them again going forward. Um, but I always like to, to find out for myself. Um, because it could just be that they didn't get on with that person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you do. It, it, it could just be something as simple as that. Um, which is why I also try not to... Uh, I suppose I, I'll try not to say stuff about other players as well. Um, I try. I don't always succeed, as John well knows. <laughs> <laughs> but I do try my hardest. He's dragged me through the mud so many fucking times, guys. Oh, every time. Yeah, but, you, you, but with you, I'm right. <laughs> I really don't have a comeback for that, to be honest. That's a first. <laughs> I know, it's weird. I'm in um, uncharted territory, I'm lost. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think for me personally, um, even with things like system as well, like, even if it's a system that I've heard bad things about, I will still probably want to give it a try. 
Because again, it could just be a system that they've played and not got on with, right? Um, like for example, if, if I'd played a system and I struggled to to make sense of it, I'm going to have a negative opinion of that system. But it could be a system that you get on really well with, right? Um, and if I'm talking shit about it, and you don't play a system that could have become your system, right? Like your your home based system that everybody has. Everybody has a system that they go back to, right? It's their comfort system, um, their safety system. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little safety blanket. Every now um, and again, you have a rebound, but you end up crawling back. Always crawl back. Uh, you know, for me, it's Five E. For you, it's Pathfinder. Um, we all have one, and if you if you're out there and you're saying you don't have one, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> Why are you um, lying? <laughs> Stop lying. And what Stop that means lying. is they're on their rebound right now. <laughs> yeah, right, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're yeah, playing think, powered so... by the apocalypse. <laughs> I think personally for me, I, I wouldn't let somebody else's opinion on another player or another system sway me to not play with that person or that system. I would want to give it a go myself. Um but I can see where some people would. Hmm. Uh, especially if it's like if you've had like eight people tell you the same thing about the same person from different games, that might raise a question or two, right? But if it's like one whole group tells the same question about the same the, the same, you know, story about the same guy, it could just be one thing that happened. Yeah. Um I mean in my position as VA, um I don't really have the liberty to kind of say, oh, I'm not playing with this person because part of um, Pathfinder society is mm. that the games have to be open for, for all. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have the the luxury of being able to vet our players. And don't get me wrong, some players I've gelled with, some players not so much. Yeah. Um. In terms of hearing things from from other people regarding a person, I'm very much like you. You know, I form my own opinions about people. Yeah. Normally, those opinions happen very quickly. I'm yes. quite yeah. I'm quite a good judge of character. <laughs> Clearly not. We're still friends. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes. It's how you deal with those mistakes, Justin. Yeah, you've kept me around. <laughs> <laughs> you've not dealt with it well. <laughs> Well, you know, just some things are hard to get rid of. Yeah. But where was I? You completely fucking threw me. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I do, I make up my own opinion about people. Mm. Uh, I've got quite a good um, sense of judgment. And it also depends on what the game is for. If it's for a one shot. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Yeah. All bets are off at that point. In terms of like a long campaign, I will slightly vet players, mm -hmm. but that's not for my benefit. It's for the benefit of the table. The group, yeah. If I have someone wanting to play who I don't think is going to be the right fit for the group, yeah, then it's just going to lead to a shitty time down the line. So yeah. I think there is a certain element of picking who you play with. Yeah. 
So, I think it goes back to what we spoke about. Um, I can't even remember what episode it was in about um, like having a good session zero, right? Yeah. Because um, if you have that good session zero, it, those kind of things are going to come out. Because if if you are someone who, for example, right, I I know people that, that will not play with somebody who's a power gamer, right? Because they don't enjoy having that at the table, which is entirely fine. You know, you're you're all, you're entitled to. Play with who you want to play with. At the end of the day, you're there to have fun as well, right? Um, and if you're sitting there during that session zero and you're creating, and they start going through like, oh well, you know, this mechanic is going to gel really well with this mechanic, and the, all they're focusing on is how all the mechanics gel together. That's going to be a red flag that they're probably going to be a power game, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so I think that that I think it all really is going to come down to that session zero because any. Any expectations should be laid out during that session zero. Any red flags should be visible during that session zero, I think, because if you're engaging them during that that creation stage um, and they're not giving the right feedback back to you, you should be able to build your session zero to, to kind of iron all of those things out. Now, don't get me wrong. Some things, as we've already established today, some things are going to slip through the cracks, right? Um, and then it's just how you deal with it from there. But I think for the most part, anything like that, you're going to be able to iron out during session zero. Yeah, and I, it doesn't always have to be necessarily a negative thing. Mm. Um, because like we've mentioned on, on multiple occasions, I, I love running Delta Green. Yes. I find that Delta Green is a difficult system for some people. Yeah, I can see that. You know, because it does touch upon a lot of very dark, very difficult themes. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've got certain friends that that would struggle yeah. with that. So I would be a bit more reluctant to offer them delta green yeah and i would warn them exhaustively as to yeah. what they what they're getting into but you know also i would set up some form of x card system or or yeah. something some safety system yeah. in order for that but yeah i wouldn't like certain people i wouldn't pick delta green as my go-to yeah and I, I think as well that that's probably where more more often than not you're going to make that decision right is if you're running a game who do you invite to that game because if you're if somebody invites me to a game I, i'm going to give it a go because i like to experience that sort of thing right but i'm also going to look at it and go well they've looked at the system obviously right because they're looking to run it so they've at least read a little bit or they've seen something or they've heard something and they've probably looked at their friend group and gone i reckon justin would enjoy this yeah so to a degree that once you get that invite they've already kind of weighed up the system against your likes and dislikes right yeah because i know that i'm probably not going to get invited to a game where the whole point of the game is for all the characters to be vegan because i have made my stance on that whole thing very very clear to all my friends so i'm not going to get invited to that kind of game <laughs> because they know i'm not going to enjoy it 
So um, it's that was a weird sort of example. Well, no, I had a conversation about vegans earlier today. That's why oh, <laughs> it was enough. in my head. <laughs> it's just um, it just kind of really struck me as just that's what he that, yeah that's his example that's. <laughs> That's his go-to no-no system? <laughs> yes, anything about vegans. Fucking um, hell. Look, I'm South African, we like our meat, all right? But <laughs> it's, it's like hobbits and second breakfast. Oh, now the um, vegans are going to be pissed at us. That's, I mean, they're pissed at me anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, can I just say that Justin's thoughts do not reflect my own? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against vegans. I'm just going to say that now as well. I've got nothing against them. Uh, it's just not a lifestyle for me. Let Fair me enough. Let's let's leave it at We're that. We're going to leave it at that. Um, but what, what I was saying is, you know, they've looked at the system. They've weighed up what I like, what I don't like, what I'll enjoy, what I won't enjoy before they've said, let me invite Justin. Right? And, like, I would do the same, right? If, if I'm looking at a new system, I'm going to weigh up the options and go, well, you know, of everybody I know that plays tabletop role-playing games, who's going to enjoy this game? the most and i'll invite those people first and i'll work my way down the list hmm. um you know so if you get invited in the first tier i think you're really going to enjoy it if you can invite later on i think you might enjoy it and if you don't get invite i've looked at it and gone yeah they're gonna hate the system <laughs> yeah but to be honest sometimes i could people... be wrong yeah sometimes yeah. you can be surprised yeah you could be wrong um and you know that's one of those things that you're gonna have to make that judgment call or it could be that you're running it one day and they're there, you know, um, or they see the book on your shelf and they're like, oh, what's that? Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's give that a try. And then they fall in love with the system. It can, you know, it could happen. You could completely misread them. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that actually happened to me um, not long ago. Um, a very good friend of mine. Um, I'm not going to go into reasons, mm -hmm. but I know that Delta Green, oh, sorry, I made the assumption that yeah. Delta Green wouldn't, be wouldn't, wouldn't appeal to them. Yeah. And we were speaking and they're very interested in, in starting out tabletop role-playing. They've never done it before. So we were talking about different systems and I went, okay, you know, the, the systems I normally run, um, you've either got high fantasy, you know, think Lord of the Rings with superpowers, essentially. Yeah. Um, then there's also... It's actually think, one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of high fantasy as well, by the way. It, it's, yeah, it's that <laughs> Pathfinder, Lord of the Rings with superpowers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I mentioned a couple of systems. I think I also threw in a bit of Numenera, which mm -hmm. I'm still quite new to. Anything in the Cypher system, I'm still um, getting my feet wet. Yeah. And then lastly, I went, oh, yeah, there's also, you know, there's an existential horror yeah. um, system where you essentially play agents combating world-threatening um things things that you can't see and it's all based in in like the the lovecraftian mythos and this that, and the other and they went oh that sounds interesting <laughs> i went okay right so delta green it is <laughs> so i'm i'm carefully selecting a scenario which is 
a bit easier to digest. Yeah. Because there are some of them that are fucking hard, even yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Where I have to stop and kind of go, Ooh. oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, so I, hopefully that answers that question. I think, that. yeah, I think we <laughs> did. Obviously, we, we can't get feedback from Couch until next week or until you see him. I mean, I, I can just shout out the window. Yeah, shout out the window. So, I uh, prick! I prick! <laughs> Listen tomorrow. We answered your question. <laughs> um, we do need to get him on the yes on the show. I, I have discussed with him. He is keen to do so. Um, we just... Would just need to do scheduling. Um, he yes. did tell me days that he's available, but that was like a week and a bit ago, and I've slept since then. So we would. I mean, I think we would probably have to record. A different day on a different day yes so absolutely. maybe the news stories that we have sound a bit outdated when we release them but you know i think it i think it's definitely gonna be interesting having having couch on the show yes. um so he can ask us a question in person in person yeah and then even you won't know the question even i saying. won't know the question unless he sneakily tells me before still still emails it in anyway just to piss <laughs> you off well, when we discussed him coming on the show, because he does live literally, uh, and I, like when I say literally here, I, I mean it, the actual word literally, I can see his house from my window right now, um, across the road from me. <laughs> um, we discussed him actually just coming here and recording it here. Um, so in person, in person for me, not just on the show in person. Yeah, I mean, I'd be tempted to get in on that. The only thing is, logistically, it's a ball ache. Yeah, well, for you, yeah. Mm. <laughs> for us, it's dead simple. <laughs> yeah, for you guys, it's for you guys, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I'm assuming you've got a couple of mics. I have many. I have I have three PCs. Of course, I have more than one microphone. I mean, I could always record on my iPad. You could. Just don't know what the sound quality. Anyway, we're, this we'll, is stuff we'll to be discussed. Yeah, we'll figure off it air. out. We'll figure it out. But I do believe that is time for us. It is indeed. Um, thanks again, Couch, for sending in another great question. Yep. We always look forward to hearing from you. We do. Um, thanks to you, Justin, for spending some time with me today. That's all right. Thanks and to you for chatting bollocks with me all afternoon. It's always a pleasure, my friend. So oh, do you want to tell people <laughs> where they can find you on interwebs? Of course. Uh, you can find me uh online pretty much everywhere now at justin accurate tv wonderful and you can find me on pretty much most of the social media sites at natural one and we also have a facebook group we do facebook page follow us send us questions interact with us um we are kind of growing a bit of a community and it is fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. It's still very surreal to me. It is. It is. It's weird that people actually listen to us. L- listen to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, this past week, the, the, the listens have kind of dropped a tiny bit and I just kind of went, yeah, that, that seems about yeah, right. And then all of a sudden yesterday they fucking shot up again. Oh, it's like, okay. So this is still happening then, is it? People are on holiday. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. People must be on holiday. So 
And speaking of those wonderful people that take time out of their busy days yes. to listen to us, thank you ever so much. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then give us a review, give us a rating, mm -hmm. and help us grow, help us reach more people. Mm -hmm. and, um, other than that, I just want to wish everyone a wonderful evening. Yes, and uh, enjoy what is left of the rest of your week, folks, whenever you are listening to this. Um, hope you have a great week, everybody, and we will see you all next time. See you next time, folks. 